0: Fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Wygen? Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you again for joining me today. Great to be back, but unfortunately, like I talked about in the last episode, anything but at least three and one, three and one or a sweep would be extremely disappointing in the next four games in the wild, wind up with a split. Now, of course, a sweep, that's not easy. But after you beat Winnipeg, you think maybe, just maybe this team could get a sweep. That would be incredible. No. Uh, the Detroit game was uh, fairly evident. The Wild were not going to get a sweep. And like I talked about, I just had a weird, rotten feeling about that rotten Philadelphia team and heading into rotten Philadelphia. And guess what happened? The Wild lose 7-4. I mean, it was, like, ridiculous. So we'll talk about that. A 5-2 loss to Detroit that Bruce Boudreau called the worst game that this team has had since he's been the coach, that he's seen, and then a shootout win versus the Los Angeles Kings. Jonathan Quick looked like Jonathan Quick, and Stay Locked looked like Jonathan Quick. So it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good game out there. Uh, wrap things up with uh, <laughs> with with a win at home versus the LA Kings, but yuck! Wow, I I don't know, man. Three to two win versus Winnipeg, very nice. Three to two win versus the Kings, okay, sure. Um, the Wild. Generally, the better team in the game, but Quick was so damn good. He kept the Kings in it the whole time, and Stalock was solid, too. Oh, Philadelphia-Detroit games, though. I mean, that's just like, tells you kind of the state of the franchise in a lot of ways. When they're bad, they are bad. I mean, awful. Horrendous. I don't know where to go with it at the end of the day, other than, well, it's time to make a trade or two. The Wild did make a trade. They traded Justin Kloos, which, um, which is kind of sad. He was leading the uh, Iowa Wild in scoring after a couple of great games. 30 points in, in Iowa. So kind of a brief early <laughs> pre thing with Iowa here. Led the team in goals, tied with Colton Beck and Jerry Fitzgerald, who only scores goals pretty much, no no assists. But uh, Mr. Klus also had 18 assists, 30 points to lead the club. A plus four, Lakeville native, just like uh, God rest his soul, Neil Natafthesing, the former co-host of this show, and who passed away on February seventh, two thousand eighteen. Uh, God ble- God rest his soul. God bless his soul. His name is still on the uh, iTunes. Uh, uh, RSS feed and all that that you see, see. Well, and everything. You can still see uh, Joey Awajan and Neil Natog Thiesing in there. He's going to stay there forever. Uh, so Justin Kloos. Uh, I don't think they knew each other. No. <laughs> it would be cool if they did. He would have probably told me a long time ago. Star with the Gophers was the captain and of course very good player with Iowa the last two years and He's off to the Anaheim Ducks, who are playing next. In fact, tonight, a team that has lost like 12 in a row. They've been horrendous. Randy Carlyle's turning into, you know, Tom Thibodeau of hockey right now. Basically, I'm surprised he still has a job at this point, but it is what it is. Uh, The Ducks and Wild are actually fighting for the playoffs, which is kind of funny and sad at the same time, along with the Avalanche, which will be playing uh, at the final of the next four games. But a Justin Kluse is gone, and Mr. Auberg is in. Auberg. So, okay. Uh, he was a second-round pick of the Anaheim Ducks. Or not the Anaheim Ducks, but uh, the Nashville Predators years ago in 2012. Pontus Auberg out of Stockholm, Sweden, 25 years old. So, yeah, um... He was taken in the same draft as Mad Dumba, but he's a little bit older, I suppose. Uh, 25 years of age, Pontus Auberg, second round, 37th overall, 2012 NHL draft. Has moved around a bit, been traded a few times uh, the last year and a half here. Uh, played for the Milwaukee Admirals extensively after coming out of Sweden in 2014. Was pretty successful in Milwaukee. Of course, a certain coach named Dean Evason, who's on the wild... Uh, you know, who's on the wild bench next to Bruce Boudreaux, maybe the uh, head coach-in-waiting. You know how things go in the NHL. You know how things go. new general manager comes in, and things aren't going so hot for the wild right now, and especially like games like Detroit and Philadelphia. Yeah, well, Pondis Auberg uh, was coached by Dean Evison in Milwaukee. Uh, he's not this star player. It would be nice if he was. He is second on the Anaheim Ducks in scoring this year, believe it or not, with eleven goals. Second in goals, not in scoring. Eleven goals, eight assists. Before that, though, not a lot to talk about in the NHL. When some people call him a sniper, well, no. Maybe this year a little bit. He's been a he's been a nice revelation for the Anaheim Ducks, but I don't know. I mean well, he was kind of a positive, but then he gets stretched for four games. So where do you go from there? I don't know. Uh it, I don't know, he's okay, and Justin Kluse, well, I mean, the talk was, the only way for him to really make it in the NHL is he'd have to be a top six player, obviously, so, top line or second line center, to really, you know, with that would really, you'd really get what you're gonna get out of him, he's a scoring center, he's a scoring player, Uh, top six, maybe he'd play on the wing, who knows, but um, he's a top six forward, so to speak, forward, center, because I was always talking about fourth line, third line, possibly. He'd, he'd be there for sure, and he should be, but there's a reason why he wasn't called up, because he's more of a scorer. He's not really that shut-down, physical checking type of player. So it kind of is what it is for Justin Close, and maybe that's kind of the writing was on the wall. You might as well trade him to get an NHL body. And, of course, the guy who shoots right, though they say he's a left wing that shoots right. So, okay, that's cool. Kind of like uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mister Brennan Duhem in uh, Providence right now, who's having a hell of a year. We're going to talk about him uh, coming up in the uh, second segment there, in the final part of the second segment, the end of the show. But uh, back to Auberg. I don't know. I mean, he's been productive in the AHL, just like Justin Clues. 52 points in 2016, 2017, 31 goals. That's really good in 56 games. And since then, up with the Predators for an extended period. Of course, uh, when Mr. Paul Fendin was still the assistant general manager, Eight points in 37 games in 17-18. 16-17, two points in 15 games. So kind of uh, Erickson-like, I guess. Or, you know, somebody else. I don't know. Kind of O'Connor was pretty quiet. I don't know, man. Is he a sniper? I don't think so. Uh, wound up getting traded to the Edmonton Oilers. 16 games in 17-18. So you combine 17-18 together, he had 16 points in the NHL that last year. At the end, uh 53 games at the end of the day. 16 points at 53 games when you combine the two. It's not that great. Uh, four goals. Four. So I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be down. But it's just we can't, let's, the, we, we can hold off on the celebration a little bit. Uh, 25 years old. And again, with this year, okay, 11 goals. He's having a strong year. And there's nothing wrong with a guy getting started, getting rolling a little bit later than somebody else. That's just how it goes. Second round pick. Is he living up to a second round pick? Who knows? I mean, how many second-round picks have the Wild taken that have turned out to be good? Zucker took forever, and then he got better. He got better, became a 33-goal scorer last year. Don't think he's going to make it this year, despite having a pretty good week this past week. Three goals. Very nice week, but extremely long drought before that. I mean, just nasty. Uh, Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn if his life depended on it. As for this guy, I mean, well, he scored a goal against the Wild earlier this year when Minnesota beat Anaheim. He can play... And, well, I mean, got to shake things up a little bit. He's going to be helpful. He's a top nine. He's a top nine player. He'll play on the right wing, most likely. Even though, I mean, well, obviously he shoots right. So put him on the damn right wing, even though they call him a left wing, which is really weird. But <clears throat> it is what it is. He's definitely going to play on the right side because, well, yeah, we know what the situation is in Minnesota. Lots of, uh, let's just say the politics and the uh, guy's shooting hand are similar. Uh, yeah when it comes to Minnesota. So right now, at least with the Wild, let's get a, let's uh, change that up a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> They'll leave the inside, the other side, the politics part alone for now. But the, uh, <laughs> Minnesota needs to get a bit more right wing. It's with the Wild also. <clears throat> but uh, we'll leave that alone. So, yeah. <laughs> let's get the right wingers that actually shoot right here. Would be great. So, Thank you. Uh, this is a trade that I guess, I mean, what, if you have, what do you have to lose? Uh, Kloos was not a draft pick. We'll see what happens. He could maybe get a shot with Anaheim. The Anaheim Ducks, we'll see. So best of luck to him and his endeavors to Anaheim. Let's talk about the Winnipeg game. A little late start here because the Wild actually made a trade. Oh, my God. They actually made a trade. So it's like front page news. The Wild actually did something because, well, I don't know, maybe the offers for Coil and Nita Ryder, even Zucker, have not been so hot. Zucker is valuable because of his speed, but he freaking needs to score more. That would be nice. Uh, Great game against the uh, Winnipeg Jets right after, fresh, fresh after receiving his uh, first James Shepard Memorial in quite a while. Jordan Greenway was the guy to score first, though, get things rolling pretty uh, early in that first period. That was great. His eighth goal of the season off of Eric Stahl and uh, Jared Spurgeon. That was nice to see that nice shot from him, kind of just a nice release off of the pass from Eric Stahl one-timer type of play. Jason Zucker was able to finish from Koivu and ultimately from Parisi second time around. Power play with Koivu, believe it or not. Jason Zucker and Koivu on the power play as low scoring as they've been this year. And Jonas who whew, uh, yeah, second power play unit, I think, huh? Yeah, yeah, I would say that's the second power play unit, but well, Stahl hasn't exactly been Mr. Power Play either this year. It's been frustrating, very frustrating, but Zucker would wind up with two goals in a pretty solid game by Minnesota. The Wild had a heck of a game going up 3-0. You felt so good. You figure the two-goal lead is the most dangerous in hockey, and boy, was it dangerous in Philadelphia, and that city just owns Minnesota right now. It just owns us, and it's embarrassing. Yeah, stay tuned for Timberwolves' explosion tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, and the Philadelphia Eagles, well, their season's over, but not before eliminating us uh, by our own doing, losing to the Bears, but Minnesota Vikings, of course. Uh, Mark Schuffley with his uh, 24th goal of the year, making us pretty scared. I mean, obviously, you don't want to see Winnipeg catch up and beat us, just like we did to them earlier in the season. Beautiful game when Mr. Stahl ended up getting the game winner. What an awesome game back before Christmas there in November. That was fun. That was fun. Early December, pardon me. Um, Brennan Brendan Tenev made it uh, 3-1 to game at the time. But uh, Devin Dumnik was awesome in this game, to say the least. He was awesome. Uh, Connor Hellbuck, well, uh, well, we beat him. I mean, we had only 22 shots on goal, but capitalized. Uh, good, good shots by Zucker, finally ending that drought. Again, multiple goals. Hopefully he can keep it up. And overall, a solid game by Minnesota, as now all of a sudden we're actually beating Winnipeg, which is nice. Kind of like when we beat up on Chicago, after they'd beat us in the playoffs, but we'd beat them in the regular season the next year, and then we'd they'd beat us in the playoffs again, and we'd beat them in the regular season, and then yeah, you can see the cycle there. But um, hopefully, Minnesota might actually be a, a tough matchup for Winnipeg. Should that uh, should the Wild sneak into the postseason, a lot of us are just saying, you know what, just heck with it. We wish we could uh, <laughs> go for Hughes instead. Go for Hughes. Get that draft pick. Wouldn't that be it? Be a miracle. The odds of getting that pick in the lottery are very slim, but you never know. Uh just get better in general, draft better, you hope, I don't think, uh, <laughs> oh boy, I'm not too optimistic about Mr., uh, <sighs> Philip Johansson just yet, I mean, one, one assist in like 35, 40 games, I mean, I don't know, that's it, Philip Johansson, so I'm not too optimistic about that pick yet, but we'll see, guys end up being better, I mean, Kuevo wasn't scoring for crap in Europe either, Uh, when he was over there, and then he came here, and he ended up being a decent player, but certainly not this great scorer. Uh, Yule Eriksson was better in the game. Nothing great. Uh, You're seeing basically back and forth between Matt Hendricks and J.K. Brown here and there. I mean, Hendricks is a little better, but it's like if you're you're really really reaching for these right shot players when they're just end of the lineup players like your fourth line right winger that's all you got so now bringing in Auberg, at least you got a third or second line type of guy potentially probably he'll wind up on the third but I don't know I mean Cunning shoots right so that's good um, I don't know I mean maybe Alberg, uh where are you going to put him It's tough to say we'll just have to wait and see <laughs> just I'm curious actually to be quite uh, to be quite honest about that one. Granlin plays on the right side, even though he's a left shot. So that just kind of is what it is. And he's had some serious success there. So obviously Sucker's a left shot, blah, blah, blah. Coy, uh, Coy, yeah, is a left, but he's a center. Parisi's left. Stahl's left, blah, blah, blah. Niederreiter plays on the right side, uh, even though he's, he's, he's a left as well. So that's an interesting situation brewing there. What's going to happen with uh, Niederreiter? Greenway, also another lefty know you could go on forever. Everybody's lefty on this team. <laughs> Euler Jeanek as well. So there's going to be some type of move here, obviously, and uh, I gotta think J.T. Brown should be sent down to uh, Iowa at this stage. That's probably what's uh, coming up at the end of the day. Fun game against Winnipeg though, and it felt good and all that, but then you played Detroit on Saturday. And I don't know. It was it was exactly as Bruce Boudreau stated, the worst game that he's seen since he's been the coach of the Minnesota Wild. And it was just from the get go. I mean, the Wild had had a tie. They even led two to one at one point after Niederreiter got his eighth goal of the season off the power play. Cunning finally scored his first goal, and this one did not get waved off. There was no high sticking this time around. Tyler Bertuzzi would score his first of a hat trick, which really really pissed us off. Thomas Vanek would get multiple goals in this game. Ugh. And doesn't that just figure? Oh, so frustrating to watch that. And yes, the talk is, of course, yeah, he played on a line with non-scores when he was in Minnesota, and that did not help his production. But it was like, this guy slacks off, that guy slacks off, and then Vanna could slack off some more. That's kind of what it felt like when he was here. It was extremely frustrating. Um, Obviously, he can score, but he's kind of got this, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to play the way I play if you like it or not, basically. And that was kind of Vanek's approach. He's now got nine goals on the year. So, I don't know. I guess he's happy with himself with his multiple goals in the game, but generally speaking, Regardless, who scored, who didn't score, Cunning and uh, Niederreiter. Niederreiter actually had a pretty good week this past week. I'd have to say Cunning okay, yep, Cunning getting in the mix some more as well. I like the chemistry between him and Parisi. Nice goal there. Finally getting his first goal of the season. He got his first career goal last season in his call-up last year before the doggone injury, which was heartbreaking. God, that was frustrating. He was actually playing pretty well, and that really slowed him down. Uh, Jimmy Howard only faced 18 shots in this game. Uh, the Wild basically stopped getting shots on that. Detroit, to their credit, played extremely well in this game. They did. They played really well. I mean, you thought you were playing the old Red Wings. But then you look at the players. You know, Tyler Perdue, Tyler Bertuzzi, God bless him, but it's, you know, hello? Okay, he's the nephew of Todd Bertuzzi, blah, blah, blah. Thomas, Leip and Vanek. I mean, Nyquist is a nice player when he's not injuring people. Uh, Dylan Larkin had a really nice game as well, three assists. Very valuable player, again, for the... Uh, Detroit Red Wings and all that, but they're rebuilding. They got a long way to go. Vanek is just kind of there. You know what I mean? Bertuzzi's a nice player. He's he's nice, good player. He's got a nice future, but he's not. You know, he's not a star. I mean, Cronwell's okay. Most of the rest of their defensemen and just who is that guy? You know what I mean? I mean, who is this guy? Who's that guy? Philip Oh, okay. I mean, God bless him to his credit, but. This team is going nowhere for a while, for another two, three, four, five years. Just kind of like, and it's like, we're, it feels more and more like we're heading in that direction when when you play games like this. And you kind of almost have to, even though the problem is you can't, you have to, but you can't because we're only half done with the bleep and Parisian Studer contracts. Dubnik's contract is not that bad. It's very tradable, but then people will go ape bleep if you even think about trading Devin Dubnik. And it's nothing personal because it's not like Dubnik sucks. That's the whole point. You trade him because he can get you something. That's the whole point. And because, well, I mean, getting beaten the first round by Winnipeg four games to one or whatever is not all that appealing. I mean, is this team on the verge of a 91 North Stars type of playoff run here? Are are they? I mean, I don't think so. That would be great to be the hypiest day ever. I want to see that happen again, but I don't think so. And then you have games like this. I mean, you got absolutely annihilated by Detroit and... They blocked every bleeping shot. They mimicked our every move. And the best part is Dubnik was not that great in the net. It wasn't all his fault because the guys in front of him played like they didn't give a rat's ass. They didn't give a rat's ass the entire game, it felt like. It was the worst game. It really was. But Cunningham got his first goal, so <laughs> that's nice. <sighs> this game sucks so much. You know what? I mean, it was horrendous. Minnesota didn't even get a shot on goal hardly in that second period. It was that rotten, that awful. In the third period, same thing, just awful. Did sure use Eric Fair for some physicality out there. Matt Hendricks might have been a better choice than JT Bleiben Brown. I'm tired of him. You know, God bless him and he doesn't do anything. So, welcome aboard, Auberg. Hopefully JT Brown, enjoy your time in Iowa. God bless you. I love you. You know, your 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 father was awesome. Awesome running back for the Vikings. Not a great player, but a very good player. JT Brown should have been a better NHLer than he is, I think. Great career with Minnesota Duluth. I know you guys love him, the Hills and all that uh, up in Duluth and many other uh, UMD fans that are listening. You're probably pissed off at me right now, but he's not producing in the NHL. Just like us Gopher fans, Jordan Schrader didn't produce all that great. Thomas Vanek, former Gopher, you know, because he really lived up to his what fifth overall pick status years ago. At the beginning, absolutely, and then quickly downhill. Um, where am I going with this? Just This game was just the worst, most depressing game I've ever seen. I mean, it was really bad. Saturday night, you're relaxing. Oh, we're going to get, we got Detroit in town. Let's keep it rolling. We're doing well. We're back in the playoffs. And, and that happened. Well, we took a 2-1 to lead in the game. We did. And then it was just literally like the off switch. It, somebody flipped the switch. It was off. Over. Like, we just quit playing. Quit. And, I, I don't know. Um, Jimmy Howard faced 18 shots in the game. 18. He barely had to even lift his glove. His save percentage is so bad, you know, at 88.9 because he hardly, he only faced 18 shots. <laughs> so, of course, rotten save percentage. You'd figure he'd face another 10 shots or so. But, my God. Oh, my. I couldn't even uh, it was the most gutless effort I've ever seen. God bless him. 5-1 to one loss. 5-2 to two loss. Thomas Vanek. Practically just putting the puck on that new one in. And, yeah, ha, 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 and he just loved every second of it. And I know he did. Tyler Bertuzzi, same thing. And he got his bleeping hat trick. And you got to see the octopus on the ice again. You'd think Detroit was out winning Stanley Cups. <clears throat> you'd, you'd think that... Uh, pardon me. Okay, I'm trying not to cough to death here. Out of nowhere there. But um, you'd think Steve Iserman, Fedorov? You know, all of them were back on the ice. Nicky Lidstrom had, like retired five minutes ago and played for like 50 years. But, uh, geez, yeah, I don't know. This was bad. Let's just move on. Look how late it is. Man, I'm going, I'm dragging this way too long. So my apologies. Awful game. And let's just move on. I mean, Bruce Boudreaux was beside himself, and so were the rest of us. And we're more beside ourselves. Beside There's almost nothing to say anymore. Now, of course, Saturday, I didn't even mention the date, which is kind of rude of me. Which was the twelfth of January? The tenth uh, of January was the Winnipeg game. Now we had to Monday the fourteenth for start back to back with and uh, in, in Philly and the Philly and then hosting the Los Angeles Kings. I just I knew it. All I have to say is I knew it. I mean one way or another, and he got another bleeping hat trick. Van Riemsdick Okay, sure, he's a good player, but is he that good? I mean, he's good, but we made him look like you know we made him look like Lemieux out there, Mario Lemieux, not these other guys, but Mario Lemieux. Uh, a bunch of guys that were dying for points got their points in this game for Minnesota. 7-4 loss. Dubnik was lousy. And Staylock wasn't that great either. But he was way better in the L.A. game. Staylock wasn't expecting to play in this game. We gave up seven goals to the Philadelphia Flyers. We gave up seven goals to the Philadelphia Flyers, and we only got four. But, yeah, you think four should be enough. You'd think, but well, we gave up seven goals to the Philadelphia Flyers. Just sloppy, lethargic, awful. Nolan Patrick's couple of goals were just like, eh. And Wayne Simmons just beat us because we are sleeping on the play on multiple occasions. Suter put the puck on net, scored on one. That was nice to make it a 5-4 game, made us believe. And then just two minutes later, Simmons kind of left by himself Plus we got caught sleeping again, and how was all she wrote? Van Riem's Dyke got his uh, hat trick. 11 goals. See, I mean, it's okay. His 11th goal. 11th. Okay? 11th. It's not like it's his 25th goal or something. 11th goal. So, I mean, I don't know. Claude DeRoz is obviously a fantastic player, but he's kind of left on an island right now. Uh, come on, Philadelphia. Trade for a trade for a third line bruiser or something who scores three goals a year for a, for a third rounder that'd be smart right that's basically what De Fletcher did half the time for us uh, give us a third rounder for uh, well for Matt Hendricks come on Philly come on come on you, you you know you want Matt Hendricks right you you know you want him <laughs> there I go wanting to trade Minnesotans away somebody named Joel Yule uh, Erickson X Joel Erickson scored his second goal of the season not a bad goal actually. Nice pass from Hendricks, and he was able to finish on the shot. Was uh, Yul Eriksanek. It was a good goal, actually. You know, obviously a nice, accurate shot. Nice timing and nicely placed. I guess a goalie who was is 19 years old and wasn't even AHL level at the beginning of the year. But, hey, that's good. Uh, Carter Hart did face 38 shots in the game. And, well, you'd think four goals on 38 shots should be enough. But the defense and the goaltending in this game was just garbage. There was no defense at all. We just were playing, okay, we're playing Philly, we'll be fine. And then we just fell asleep. And that's all there is to say about this game. And I hated it. I just hated it. Zucker, third goal in three games. Of course, two against the uh, vaunted uh, Winnipeg Jets. And then one against the Philadelphia Flyers to open things up. Minnesota did lead 2-0 in this game. He lead 2-1 over Detroit, but 2-0 in this game. The most dangerous lead in hockey. Yeah, well, it was even... We even led again, 3-2, to two, and Marcus Foligno was able to score. Again, another guy dying for points. Eric Stahl's only 15th assist on the year. That's just lousy. That's lousy. Hendricks and Eul next second goal, second assist. <sighs> Foligno's only third goal of the year. I mean, he scored a couple goals, like, at the beginning of the season was doing pretty well, but I don't know. Isn't that always how it is? Like, some fourth liner, like, you know, Ryan Reeves for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, who we're going to talk about in the second segment. Same thing. You know, some fourth liner, fourth, third liner has a really good start and you never see him again. And that's kind of how it was with uh, Foligno, at least in the scoring column. Let's move on for the sake of time. I'm really, this is too long and I apologize. Very long for a segment. But again, the trade and just so much frustration. Solid game for Minnesota against Los Angeles. You saw much better defense and you saw very good goaltending um, from both goalies, of course. Daylock. And Jonathan Quick, Niederreiter, again, getting that much-needed ninth goal of the season. Very good week for Niederreiter. And Euler's the next fourth assist of the season. So he's now at six points on the air. And Foligno. So those guys playing together on the fourth line there together, which actually probably is not the worst idea. I was literally called somebody with no hockey IQ for putting Niederreiter on the fourth line. He's a big guy. And, yeah, he's a scorer, but he's a big guy, and he's not been playing so hot. And he's been put on the fourth line before. So... I guess my hockey IQ is really low. Is it? Is it really that low? Because Auberg is not a fourth-line guy. He could be third. He could be third, but he's not a fourth-line guy. And it's no offense to Niederreiter. It's no offense, but it is what it is. I mean, is it really that big of a problem, the thought of putting Niederreiter on the fourth line for a couple of games, because you're shuffling the lines around, and that's just how this game is sometimes? Uh Kolachuk, again, that was a frustrating frustration there. Dion Vanouf, only a second assist on the air. Again, a guy who years ago with Calgary and Toronto was a big name and all that, and he has just vanished out the face of the earth, and he's playing for a lifeless Kings team. Nobody scores for the Kings. Nobody. Nobody. I mean, Eric Stahl, <laughs> with 14 goals, is the top gun in this game. Like The guy with the highest goal total uh, of goal scorers. Of Jeff Carter ended up scoring in the scrum very late to tie it up to frustrate the crap out of us we thought we were going to find a way to lose again in the shootout but we've beaten Jonathan Quick in the shootout before luckily uh Kovalchuk though again from Dustin Brown ultimately there and Eric Stahl ended up scoring off of Ryan Shooter's, Suter's shot literally off his uh, uh shin guard there Suter basically banked it off Stahl's shin guard probably unintentionally I'm sure but it worked out uh Stahl luckily stopped at the last second because he saw the opportunity. The last thing he wants to be is called for kicking the puck in, obviously, and Stahl wisely was able to get his <laughs> 14th goal of the year that way. So, pretty cool, pretty cool, and, uh, yeah, not bad. Wild ended up surviving that. Cunnan was the leadoff guy on the shootout. That was kind of cool, but that didn't that didn't amount to anything, unfortunately. Uh, Stalak would stop the three shots he'd face. Uh, Jason Zucker with a nice hesitation on quick and released on the backhand was able to get what would be the winner after uh, Kalpitar missed, Parisi missed, and then Dustin Brown fanned on his attempt and got a second opportunity, but it wasn't all, there wasn't a whole lot of mustard on it, and Stalag was able to deflect that thing up into the air, and Minnesota ended their little oofta, their little uh, <laughs> two-game garbage heap. I mean, a uh, that was a dumpster fire. Those two games, Detroit and Philly, were just the... I mean, those are two of the worst games I've ever seen. What the flip. And, you know, every team has bad games. Every team. Good teams have bad games, but that was really weird. That was the Fire Boudreaux type of campaign. I mean, I, does the team hate him that much, or what the hell? Um, maybe. But uh, it's games like that. I I was just, just a feeling. I thought if the Wild came out with a, a flat game like that against the Los Angeles Kings we would have heard the little dun 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 wildfire bruce boudreau dean evison named interim coach and that's what would have happened and he probably would have been signed for like a three-year contract or something at the end of the year um it's still very possible i love bruce but i think the possibility exists and persists you have a new uh, general manager dean evison is on that bench for a reason he is and uh, you you just know otherwise dean evison might have been in iowa um Ah, yeah, I just have that feeling that he's the coach-in-waiting, if you like it or not. Uh, it is what it is. Good good player years ago. Boudreau obviously was talented, but didn't make it to the NHL a whole lot. Just a cup of coffee off and on for him. But uh, not that that matters. You know, Bruce Boudreau's been a wonderful coach, and uh, I love him. I'd love him to stay. I'd like him to stay another, you know, four years, whatever. But I think the writing's on the wall. And it's not his fault at all. You know, that's what's sad about it. This team is not playing up to their potential. And at the same time, there's just, it's the same old story too. There's a lot of guys in this team where you're counting on them to score and they don't, and then you're counting on them to, on them to score and they don't. And then there's other guys that they're just hot, cold, they slack off, they're they they get in, they're moody, they're this, they're that. Like, Suter is like a dictator in the locker room. Dubnik is a dictator in the net. I mean, he, there's a reason why Dubnik... Is in games constantly and he never gets pulled. And he's in Stalock never plays. There's a reason, you know. Doom makes a good goalie, but this is weird. The situation is really weird in that locker room, and I don't know what else to say about it other than I mean you you can see the you can hear the subtle messages that Brodreau leaves in the press conferences, and it's clear, plain as day, that uh, there is some bad blood in that locker room, and it's been going on for a long time. I'm not bad mouthing the team. I'm not. I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you. What I'm feeling, okay? So please, don't get mad at me. Don't hate me for this. It, but clearly, clearly, there are pieces in this locker room that are not good, and that's obvious. There might be good players, but their attitude is in the wrong place, and uh, that's just how it is. It, it is what it is. That's how, uh, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd say it's not about me bad mouthing the team. Maybe you're being a little bit too homerish out there, some of you. You have every right to be that, but, I mean, I don't know. I have every right to be frustrated and angry. I want this team to win, and, well, I think uh, I think this team is lacking in the star department, the true star department, and at the same time, the, I think the team attitude is not good. I think, I think it's negative. I do. I think there's a lot of negative energy in that locker room, and it's been going on for a while. Okay, let's wrap up this very elongated segment. Who's going to get the... Uh, Who's going to get the Madonna Award for this segment? Well, I think it's Niederreiter, which is weird. Uh, Madonna slash Neil Broughton Award. I think it's Niederreiter. He was pretty good this week. He was solid. He wasn't great. He was gutless at times, but at the same time, he was consistent. He just kind of showed up to play. Yule and eck has been playing a bit better. You're seeing something out of Yule and eck This first couple games since coming back from Iowa due to Eric Ferris' injury, uh, after scoring more than a point a game in Iowa again, which is pretty cool, uh, he's been better. Uh, after the first two games, he was awful in Minnesota again, but he's been he's been starting to show up a bit, and that's good. A uh, couple goals, you know, a couple assists. That's that's cool considering how lifeless he was to start out the season. <clears throat> the uh, but no, Niederreiter is going to get it, and the James Shepard Memorial. The whole team for Detroit and Philly that was garbage. The whole team. The whole team. With that said, let's take a break. Come back, preview four more games. Wow, very busy schedule before the All-Star break. Kind of cramming it in, and then before that, and then uh, of course we'll talk about the uh, prospects as well. There's some hope out there. Segment number two, Brave the Wild. Time to preview a few games. Four of them, in fact. As I said at the end of the segment before, let's play those reeling and <laughs> reeling and dying Anaheim Ducks. They are falling off the face of the earth. Aren't you excited to play the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, who are not very mighty at all? The Anaheim uh, Reeling Ducks. 19-19 and 19 on the season. Can you believe it? They are 30th in scoring goals on the season at the moment, and, uh, well, the frustration continues. At least we got their second goal scorer, though. We we, we we pilfered the Anaheim Ducks in this trade, just pilfered them. Yeah, well, I was saying earlier in the year I thought the Ducks would drop off a bit, and, well, I'm finally right. They were uh, pretty decent at the start of the year, but since then, not really. Uh, a guy that uh, Bruce Boudreaux compared Euleryksson Ek to, possibly long-term, Ricard Roquel Seven goals in the season, sixteen assists, twenty-three points. I would take that from uh, Eck right now. Ryan Gutzloff leading the team big time: ten goals, twenty-two points, or twenty-two assists for thirty-two points, but minus twelve. Everybody's a minus something for this club, and it has been quite a uh, quite a disappointment for the Ducks. They have been uh, really falling off the face of the earth. Unfortunately, for them, it has been oh uh, boy. It has been really something else. At the end of the day. Yeah, well, it's their problem, I guess, at this point. They continue to lose, lose, lose. 12-0 uh, in their last five and 0 in their last 12. A 4 nothing loss to Edmonton. Yuck, lifeless on the 6th of January. That was a home game. 2-1 loss to the Ottawa Senators at home. 2-1 loss to the Ottawa Senators. 7-4, de- demolition. Pittsburgh coming to town in Anaheim, heading to Winnipeg. 4-3, almost got them. And then you lose 3-1 to to Detroit. You host the Minnesota Wild. No, you visit the Minnesota Wild tonight in Exo Energy Center. No excuses, Minnesota. Let's get her done. Like, stop screwing around against these bad teams. This is an opportunity to improve your record rather than flatline like we did last week. A split against Detroit, Philadelphia, Los Angeles. Come on. It's one thing to play Winnipeg. You beat Winnipeg and you can't beat the frickin' Philadelphia Flyers or Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, and to play as lifeless as we did. That's what made me so mad. Uh, John Gibson, well, he's doing what he's doing the best he can, as is Ryan Miller, the backup. The veteran, Wiley veteran backup. 2.76 for John Gibson. 2.71 for Ryan Miller. Very similar. Save percentage about the same. Only one shutout for Gibson. That's it for the entire season. A team that's fallen off the map. They're not happy with their coast. They're not happy with themselves. They're not happy with anything. Pontus Auberg is a Minnesota Wild player. The other leading goal scorer. For the Ducks, well, Andre Cates also has 11 goals, so he was tied for Aberg, Pontus Aberg. And Jacob Silverberg with 12 goals in the season, but only 7 assists. Not a whole lot of chemistry on this team. There's no reason why the NIM Ducks should make the postseason, and that's a big reason why Minnesota has a legitimate shot of making the playoffs despite not playing well. In fact, not at all. Edmonton Oilers tied with Minnesota. They're only two games above 500. Winnipeg, that's Edmonton, by the way. One point. Vancouver is one point behind Minnesota. Anaheim is only two points behind the Wild despite being awful. And their goal differential is minus 30. That's how much they've fallen off the face of the earth. Arizona's 19 points better than uh, Anaheim. 19 goal differential better. That is insane. Calgary Flames have really taken off their tops in the Western Conference in everything. They have uh, a three point lead over the Winnipeg Jets for number one. San Jose Sharks are actually only two points behind, but 39 Plus, plus 39 in the goal differential for the Calgary Flames. The Anaheim Ducks, again, no excuse. Minnesota needs to win this game tonight. Uh, needs to win this game. I mean, just play strong, solid defense in front of Devin Dubnik, who's going to be a net until hell freezes over, like it or not. And yes, I recognize he's a good goalie. I'm not saying Dubnik sucks. And if I say trade Dubnik, it's because getting assets. It's not because I hate Devin Dubnik. It's because you want to get assets. Do you want to get better, or you want to just flatline forever because you got to wear those gall dang, uh, green dang green and red shades? Take the damn shades off and look at reality, folks. I don't hate Devin Dubnik. I don't hate anybody on the team. I hate the negative energy on the team. Oh, yeah, and you should, too. You, you should. I mean, don't you want positive energy on your team? Like, you know, Nate Prosser brought last year. Was that positive energy out of Elk River? Absolutely. Brian, uh, Alex Stalock is positive energy. Like him or not, he is positive bleeping energy. And he's a Minnesota native. And I'd you know, I have, I have no problem with Alex Daylock getting significantly more time between the pipes. You know, I understand trading Devin Dubnik isn't going to remedy the team. I get it, but you're going to get assets. And if you can get higher draft picks, again, you, you know, you're, you're, you're no worse for your wear. You've got to get higher draft picks. And again, with this newer GM, I have more faith in him than Chuck Fletcher at this point. Fletcher made some nice picks. He made some nice picks. His trades sucked, most of them, <laughs> most of them. The, the, the Dumnik trade was the great one, great trade, freaking awesome trade, but just about every other trade he made was not the best, it just wasn't, and some of them were just flat, horrible, horrible, with a New York accent thrown in. Let's move on, Anaheim Ducks again tonight, 17th, January, already halfway through the month of January, and the daylight is already increasing dramatically, which is great, Columbus Blue Jackets, old corn on the cob, Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, goody. And here they come. The Union Army is coming to town. The Blue Jackets are coming to town on the 19th of January. The general himself, Mr. Tortorella, holy cow. Not Torchetti, but Tortorella, leading that Union Army. Uh, (laughs) they're in first place in the Metropolitan Division like they have been for a while, very tough team, very difficult matchup for Minnesota I don't like this game at all Mr. Bob Rowski, who may be one of the top free agents in the offseason does that mean the Wild need to sign him? I don't know his goals against average hasn't been that great Cam Atkinson always finds the back of the net against the Wild, he had a sucky season last year, but he still found the back of the net versus us, which was extremely annoying extremely annoying, but that's just how it goes sometimes 27 goals this season, though. He's sure playing a hell he's sure he's sure having a hell of a year again. Panarin, obviously awesome player traded from the uh Chicago Blackhawks in that awful uh Brandon Sod trade. Ha! Panarin, man, he's kicking ass. Could sure use him here in Minnesota. He's a plus twelve. Atkinson's got 48 points, 34 assists for Panarin in only 44 games. 52 points. Kicking ass. Cam Atkinson playing like an all-star. Absolutely. Uh, Nick Foligno, the older brother of a certain guy named Marcus. Yeah, we know. Not having a great season, but not having a bad one either. He's been a factor, but certainly no star player for the Columbus Blue Jackets playing his role, blah, blah, blah. Blue Jackets are playing awesome. They've won four in a row. On January the 8th, they lost 4 nothing at Tampa. Whew! Vasilevsky shutting those suckers down. Then they beat the National Predators. Very impressive. They beat the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. In the capital, really, really impressive there. crushed New York, the New York Rangers, 7-5, to and beat New Jersey soundly, 4-1 to on the 15th. Four in a row for Columbus. Minnesota never plays the Blue Jackets well. I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to win the game. I just don't, and I wish they would. I, I wish we could. Uh, they're going to play the Montreal Canadiens in between now and then. Also, I should say the most likely got a score for Minnesota over Anaheim, and I didn't even pick the final score in that game. No excuses, by the way. Let's go for a 3-1 to one win for Minnesota. Most likely guy to score for the Wild. Well, maybe Eric Stahl actually gets one off his stick this time against the Ducks. And let's go with that. Eric Stahl, 15th goal of the year tonight. Off his stick. Not off his skate, not off his chest, not off his back, but off his stick. A, a legitimate hockey goal there. Uh, against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, most likely guy to score in that game is going to be Zach Parisi. But the Wild lose 4-2 to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Cam Atkinson scores at least one goal in the game because he is a wild killer. Absolutely. 4-2 to two loss to the Blue Jackets. I just, we never play that team well. It's so bleep and frustrating. I hate the Blue Jackets with a passion. Ah, Vegas Golden Knights. Oh yeah, we head to Las Vegas, Nevada. One game before the uh, All-Star break we head to Colorado before that. That's going to be an interesting game considering how things are going there. Blowing up a bit there, but freaking talented as hell still though. The Vegas Golden Knights, wow. Well, there they are. They're in third place in a very tough division. It's no sucky division anymore, at least not at the top. The uh, Vegas Golden Knights go from one of the worst goal-scoring teams to, in the NHL to a, a great goal differential. Obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury still in net and having an awesome year again. The team is seventh in the NHL in goals against, twelfth in goals four after being the worst goal-scoring team in the league. Again, if Ryan Reeves is your leading scorer, you suck. Mark andre Fleury, six. Shutouts. He's playing like a uh, he's playing like an MVP candidate. Heart Trophy candidate right now. Six shutouts from Marc-Andre Fleury again after a not-so-great start. Uh, this year he stayed healthy though, which is nice. Uh, Malcolm Saban who's a nice backup sometimes. Not the greatest numbers. If he's a net, the Wilds' chances increase. The leading scorer in everything tied with goal scoring with Billy William Carlson who had, what, 43 last year. Jeez. Just Cruz just whooped everybody's butt last year 43 goals, 15 this year Alex Tuck also with 15 goals and he's missed 8 games compared to William Carlson he's got 8 games in hand so to speak and he's 6 points ahead of the next leading scorer Mr. Marsha Assault there he's got the March Assault right, <laughs> 14 goals, 17 assists 31 points for him Alex Tuck is the MVP of the uh of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Nate Schmidt, the Minnesota Gopher, former Gopher, Minnesota native and all that. Fif- uh, plus 15 tops on the team there on defense for the uh, the solid defense there for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And he's missed 20 games this year, and he's still got 16 points. He's been awesome in the time he's played. And as always, Paul Stansney has missed a ton of games as well. He's missed 30 games this year. Only 14 points, but still very productive in the 19 games he's played. 14 points. That's not bad. And a plus 9 has been Paul Stanley. He's missed a ton of time. Uh, Max Pacioretty, of course, acquired from the Montreal Canadiens in the offseason. Cool. He's a minus five, though, which is not good. One of the worst on the team. But producing a little bit 24 points, 12 of them goals, so half and half going on there. But Alex Tuck has definitely been a wonderful story for the Golden Knights. And the Golden Knights, generally speaking, have been a wonderful story. The Wild swept them last year. Well, they can't now because obviously they already beat us in the first matchup. That was frustrating early in the season. They beat us pretty good. And that was back when they didn't score for crap. So, I don't know now. The way the Wild have been playing versus the way the Knights have been playing, the Golden Knights, they're doing well. Uh, Golden Knights 3-2 in their last five. They beat the New Jersey Devils three to two on the sixth. On the Jan- on January the eighth, four to two win over the Rangers. These teams all sound familiar, which is funny. <laughs> Everybody's playing the same teams. They lose to the Sharks three to two at home. Unfortunately for them, at Chicago, four to three win, and at Winnipeg, four to one loss. The Vegas Golden Knights four days later will host the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. How big break for them there? <clears throat> Pittsburgh Penguins, and they'll host the Minnesota Wild on the twenty-first. Of January, Going to be an interesting uh, Monday matchup there. Minnesota versus Vegas at 5 p.m. Early game there. Uh, I don't think the Wild win the game. I I don't think so. I think the Wild are hopefully going to have to, they're going to have to try to get a split here, and I hope we can get that rather than go one and three. Got to beat those Avalanche and got to beat the Ducks, two teams that are sucking and reeling and unhappy and just falling apart right before our eyes. Vegas Golden Knights and Columbus Blue Jackets are playing awesome right now. I'm just kind of surprised the the Knights have lost uh, two games in the last five with how well they've been playing, but that's why they're not in first place anymore. They're just not keeping up with Calgary, who's winning everything. Calgary is a Stanley Cup contender this year, for the first time in forever. Um, 2004, they were not a Stanley Cup contender, but then they became one because they had the great playoff run. Calgary has not been a Stanley Cup contender since the early 90s, and wow, here they are. Here they are, boy. Calgary is a legitimate Stanley Cup champion contender. They're one of the best, and it's kind of cool to see. Even though I hate their guts right now, uh, after all the crap that happened—the injury to Dumba and the bad blood between multiple players—there it is a big mess. Uh, the Flames and the Wild do not like each other. They didn't like each other when the uh, during the Ginley era either. But uh, man, it's a it's a good team though. It's a good team. Got to give them credit. Minnesota loses to the Golden Knights three to two. Kind of a Clamp down type of game, maybe even two to one, two to two. Maybe we go to the shootout and squeak out a point, which I would be okay with. At least we get a point. Let's try to be positive here. Let's squeak out a point versus the golden knights, but a loss. The the guy that will score against uh, the Golden Knights <clears throat> by Kyle Brandland, will will uh well, and yet another scoring route. He's still on pace for seventy one points, but he was on pace for like eighty four, so he's really quieted down. He'll pick up some assists, but he like never scores but he will score against the Vegas Golden Knights. Colorado Avalanche, Minnesota heads to Denver, Colorado. It's going to be a fascinating matchup. It's been an awful matchup the past two years. Colorado kicked our butts last year. They've been pretty strong against us this year as well, but they're reeling, and they're fighting, and they're not getting along. And McKinnon is cursing at the coach and going crazy. Marlamov is mediocre as always. Just above, uh, just, just under three goals a game, 2.88. Sabreson is ninety. Point six, only one shot on the year. Very, very average. There's no excuse. Uh, obviously, it's a very high-scoring team. They score like crazy. Sixth in the league. Goaltending's not been good. Their power play's really good, though. Sixth in the league. Penalty kill, 27. So this should be a higher-scoring game. Minnesota needs to take advantage. McKinnon and and a freaking Miko Ratnan, who's leading the team in scoring with his 50 assists. He's a plus-18, despite, again, the team not getting along very well right now. Things not going so hot. Uh, there's some also added frustration with Gabriel Landeskog getting the uh, the last man in the All-Star game in this division. He's having a hell of a year though. I mean, 28 goals. Parisi is not on that level. I hate to say it. I hate it. And I hate Landeskog and I hate the Colorado Avalanche with a passion, but he's playing better than Parisi this year. As well as Parisi's playing, he's playing better. Eric Johnson, the former Gopher, number one bust of a pick by St. Louis. The, one of the few years St. Louis actually sucked back in the day and they're combat again now, believe it or not. Um, 14 points. He's been with Colorado for a long time, and he is just, yeah, not doing that much. He's played in every game, but he's just average at best. At best. Uh, this team scores like crazy. The real top defenseman is Tyson Berry. He's been awesome. Remember, he got injured a bit last year, but awesome uh, rookie campaign last year. He's become one of the better defensemen in the league, up-and-comers anyway. But, uh, Ratton 71 points. McKinnon 68. 27 goals for McKinnon. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog actually has more goals than McKinnon, which is really saying something. 28 on the season. So, he deserves to be in the All-Star game. I hate, hate saying it, but he does. I'm just being honest, and I hate it too. Believe me. Uh, This team has been a mess. They're talented obviously, but they're one out of their their last five. 1-4. 7-4 loss at Winnipeg on the 8th. Back-to-back with Calgary. Ouch! Winnipeg and Calgary. Ooh. Oh, that's not going to go well. 5-3 to three loss at Calgary. <laughs> 3 nothing loss to Carey Price and the Montreal Canadiens. Whew. And then they crushed Toronto 6-3. Okay. They crushed the Toronto Maple Leafs 6-3. to This is a five-game road trip for the uh, Colorado Avalanches. They finally come home to play the Kings to, uh, in a couple of days here. Last night, a 5-2 to two loss to Ottawa. Yuck. That's bad. That's really bad. Things definitely not going so hot for the Colorado Avalanche right now. You hope that continues. I think they end their little, I, I think they win tonight versus the Kings, lose to Nashville, and Minnesota is a really tough one. This is going to be a high-scoring mess of a game. I think Minnesota's going to get some points on the board. is going to score a goal, but I won't call him the most likely guy to score. He's been playing very well of late. The most likely guy to score in the game versus the Colorado Avalanche. I, I have a feeling it's going to be, Jared Spurgeon is going to score a big goal against the Colorado Avalanche and help Minnesota possibly tie it up late in the game and force a shootout, and then I have a feeling, I, I don't know, but I, I think Minnesota's going to escape with a win. Uh, Parisi, Koivu, they never score in the shootout. Once in a blue moon, they do, but I think Minnesota's going to win like four. It's going to be a 4-4 game, go to the shootout, so Colorado's going to get a point out of this, but Minnesota's going to win in a 4-4 game. Uh, scoring in the shootout. The most likely guy to score in, in the game will be Mr. Uh, Spurgeon. And then the shootout hero, I just, whew, I'd like to... <laughs> Eric Halla. Yeah, I wish. No, at the end of the day, the shootout hero, <sighs> boy, I can't pick Koivu, because I, I just, you know, people have figured him out over the years. He was like shootout killer for the longest time. I can't pick stall. He just he's slow. His hands are slow. His skates. he's just not the same guy. Uh, uh, is it going to be Zucker again? No, that's too predictable. <sighs> Who is going to be the shootout hero for Minnesota? Uh, Jordan Greenway is going to pull off uh, pull the rabbit out of his hat. He's going to be the uh, the hero versus the Colorado Avalanche. Maybe he'll even be the guy that scores in the game, or maybe scores in OT. But I think somehow, some way, Jordan Greenway is going to be a hero versus. The Colorado Avalanche in a what will be a 4-4 slash 5-4 win. It's a shootout slash overtime. Maybe an overtime versus the Avalanche. But it's going to be a close game, and Minnesota squeaks it out and gets the split in this four-game uh, week coming up. Well, let's talk about the prospects at long last. And as always, we start with the Iowa Wild. Justin Close leading the club in scoring. He's heading to Anaheim. Will he play for the Ducks? Will he play for the San Diego Gulls? We'll find out. Uh, Brennan Mennell stuck at 20 points. The uh, Iowa Wild have not played a whole lot since. Unfortunately, Uh, Sam Anas picked up another assist in the past week. He's now at 14 points in the 25 games he's been out there. Sokolov's been quiet. He's been in a bit of a drought of late. Unfortunately, he hasn't scored in a while. He's at 18 points, 9 goals, 9 assists. So at least it's even. That's the good part. It's even Steven, so to speak. But generally speaking... Not a whole lot of scoring going on. Uh, Will Biden adding the points again. He's now at double digits. So good for him getting his eighth assist. At the end of the day, he has two goals for Iowa. As again, he was able to pick up a point versus the San Diego Gulls. Of course, that's the future team for Justin Klutz. That kind of figures. The Gulls and then the, uh, the Ducks. They were playing the Ducks and then the Gulls. And yeah, that's kind of funny how that all turned out. Mason Shaw still very quiet after an awesome start. Kind of disappointing there. 22 points on the season for Mason Shaw. Actually, I believe he added one finally in the last week. And he did against uh, Texas, the Texas Stars on the 12th of January. So finally, after a huge drought. So uh, His last point was on the 26th of December. He had three assists in a huge game against the, uh, against, I can't remember who that is. But the <laughs> that was back on the 21st after a huge drought as well for him. Mason Shaw, obviously, I, boy, I, I love his future, but it's frustrating to see how things quieted down so quickly. Again, Stan, Sam, honest, adding a point most recently. Murphy, Ryan Murphy, at fourteen on the season. Brennan Mendels continues to lead the team. continues to lead the team with thirteen plus thirteen at the end of the day in the plus minus. Justin inclusive was a plus four before being traded. Kyle Rau had a hat trick recently, also in the last game. Good for him hat-trick for Kyle Rao, up to 11 goals in the season. I thought it was more than that, but he'd been struggling. He had a slow start as well, the former Gopher, short guy, unfortunately, 5'8", <laughs> but good player, obviously, for the Gophs. 24 points on the year for him of late. Nice little hat-trick, though. And at the end of the day, not a whole lot of exciting stuff going on in Iowa. Louis Belpedio still stuck at 10 points. It has been eons since his last, uh, his, his last point. It was a goal, if I remember correctly, and uh, yes, it was. It was a goal against the, I guess the, uh, like, it was on the 22nd. Oh, against the Stockton Heat. Yep, that was that game where the Wild lost 5-1. to one. Remember, they had the huge game before that where, uh, yep, that was where Shaw had three points. Clues had a ton of points as well. That's what it is. Stockton Heat, his last goal, third goal on the 22nd of December. It's a long-ass time ago, unfortunately. And yeah, that huge one. He also had a goal against the Heat the night before the seven the eight to seven victory in overtime. That was the thriller. Stockton Heat again, the Calgary Flames of the AHL, literally. Yep. That's when Justin Close said the hat trick and three assists. Menel had four assists. That was a fun night. And the Wild got the win. The Iowa Wild, that is. Ah oh, boy. Calkin Ka- has had a hell of a year down there though. Eleven and six, two point four, three goals against the average, five shutouts. Again, hot and cold a bit. He's been hot and cold. He's had some yucky games because he's real young, but when he's good, he's awesome. I do think he's the goalie of the future and at bare minimum the backup goalie of the future. Don't be surprised to see him on the Minnesota Wild as soon as next year, at least as the backup. And I'm telling you, trading Dubnik isn't the dumbest idea of all time. It's not. If you can get a nice piece, maybe a draft pick, a higher draft pick if possible, second round pick or something, maybe even a first rounder for Dubnik. I think you could get a first, oh yeah, I think you could definitely get a first rounder for Dubnik from somebody out there, even if it's the mid to late uh, area of it. Who cares? It's a first round pick and let's make the most of it. Let's hope we get somebody that can actually be something for the NHL roster in the not-too-distant future. That would be great. Kapokokanen and Staylock. I mean, let's go for it. I mean, I don't think this team's ready to win a Stanley Cup. Why not? Why not give Kap- and a chance in that and Staylock? Maybe they platoon. Staylock gets a decent amount of games. Kapokokanen maybe gets real good early and who knows? Give him a shot. I mean, if you got a, there's other teams with 19-year-olds in that, Obviously, like freaking Philadelphia, that's a mess. But that that's that's how that goes. Cabo and will be 23 next year. So, I mean, it's you know, it's not the first time a 23-year-old has gotten significant time between the pipes in the NHL. It's not, and maybe he's ready to go. Uh, it didn't look like he was ready to go at the beginning of the season of the AHL, and right away it was just shutout, shutout, shutout. It was a beautiful, beautiful sight. Without a doubt. Uh, let's look at the college players a little bit. Brennan Dahame now at nineteen points, adding another assist. Just under twenty up twenty-three points, twenty-three games on the season. He's a plus thirteen for Providence, who's been playing well, but so to his credit, as the junior, Brennan Dahame. I think he's I think he could I think he could make the NHL someday. Jack McBain also now he, he added his third goal last weekend, so that's good. A couple of points recently for Jack McBain, one assist the week before. Now he got his third goal on the season. Six points on the year for the pretty awful Boston College Club there. But uh, he's you know, he's he's even in the plus minus in the 17 games he's played. Jack McBain, not so good start so far for the youngster there, the freshman in Boston College. Uh, Swaney, a bit behind last year's pace, unfortunately. Only six goals and only six assists. Again, for Minnesota Duluth, hopefully he can pick it up a bit. He's kind of, he's just, he's just down a bit, unfortunately. Other younger players kind of uh, taking that role a bit, unfortunately. Uh, they're kind of taking the reins there in Minnesota-Duluth. Hopefully, Sweeney can start adding the points again. That would be really nice to see. Jacob Golden is now on the uh, Erie Otters. He was a fifth-round pick by Minnesota in 2017. I talk about him off and on. He had 10 points for the London Knights when he had 14 last year, so at a much better pace here. Look at um, you know, looking to, not to double but at about thirty three per cent more this season in the point production, so far in the three games with Erie, though not the best team ever, no points, but uh, no points at all, but he's a plus two so far in the three games for the Erie otters. That's the team that Mr. Ivan Lodny has been on for well, what was on forever until this year, with Niagara still about a point a game, slightly above that he's a plus twelve though Ivan Lodny has struggled with the uh, Erie Otters because of their terrible success rate. For a while there. Again, 2017, third round pick. He was a top pick because Fletcher traded so many players away in that stupid uh, Hansel trade a year ago. That was extremely frustrating to say the least. Sadik didn't add any points, but he's the top scoring defenseman for Minnesota in terms of the Gophers, who again got a sweep versus the... uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish last week on the road. That was uh, really awesome. That felt extremely good as a Gopher fan. Hopefully the Minnesota Gophers can keep that up. Uh, Mr. Bob Moscow getting the team to play closer and closer to his style. And you're starting to see some results now. And it's really nice to see. Hopefully the Gophers can move up in those rankings and still squeeze into the tournament because Minnesota Duluth, they sure proved to everybody it does not matter where you are, what your rank is, anything can happen in college hockey. Yale did it to the Gophers years ago, as did Holy Cross. But Yale won the championship with the lowest seed years ago, knocking the Gophers out in the first round. And of course, Holy Cross years ago as well, knocked the Gophers out in the first round. They didn't survive the second round in the Elite Eight, so to speak, but uh, it is what it is. They still knocked the Gophers out in the first round with Eric Johnson and Ryan Batolini and all those talented players who did nothing in the NHL, unfortunately. But uh, no disrespect meant their direction, but didn't do a whole lot in the NHL. Eric Johnson has, has stayed in the NHL, but hasn't done as much as people would hope. So I guess that's kind of where we're going to stand at this moment. Some of these other players, you know, they're in the juniors, and it's just, it's hard to judge juniors sometimes. Like Ivan Ladnia, I, I, I don't know. and I think he should be doing better. And in the AHL so far, he, he didn't do anything in the, the short stint he had there. So... Hopefully Ivan Ladnya can adjust to the professional game. He signed an entry-level contract with him last year, but that was, of course, a olive branch to get things rolling with uh, a guy who also, uh, Lodnia's agent also is the agent of Kirill Kaprizov. So hint, hint there where uh, that olive branch is uh, pointing towards <laughs> as we continue to wait and wait and wait. Uh, it's painful. It's painful, but we need some more copper jobs in this organization. Uh, Kovanov, again, has a ton of potential, but at the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, it's hard to really gauge it. He's been awesome there, but again, it's the juniors. So we'll see. Some really great players have come out of there, though, and hopefully Kovanov can be another one. Third round, eighty-six pick overall in the 2018 draft. The first uh, Mr. Uh, Paul Fenton draft as Minnesota's GM. So there it is. With that, we'll take a... uh, but we're gonna take leave for a week. Hopefully, Minnesota Wild can get things in order a bit some more. Yet, at the same time, I don't mind acquiring some draft picks. We we made a hockey trade. It's not an exciting trade, but it's a hockey trade. It's a hockey trade. Pardon me, Mister Ponder. Ahberg will get his debut tonight. Right wing, right shot, whatever it is, he's gonna get his debut, like it or not. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the second line with Koivu. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's what is the uh, the plan. We'll just have to wait and see. You probably have Granlund and Zucker with Stahl. Koivu and uh, auberg with uh, Greenway maybe I mean it's, it's going to be an interesting mix we'll just have to wait and see I'm not even going to guess right now I don't want you to beat me up too bad if I'm way off so with that we're going to give out the contact details really quick before we sign off Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Do give that a like. Join the page and all that. Please conversate on there. It would be greatly appreciated. At Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Thank you, Vince Germano, for retweeting the most recent show. Very much appreciated. Please tell your friends about the show if you could. Please write a positive rating on iTunes as some of you have. I really greatly appreciate the two people that did most recently. Thank you guys so much. And awesome reviews and wonderful things to say there. Oh, this show is a bit of a mess. It's all over the place. Frustration and, you know, okay, we finally made a trade, but it's not that exciting. We'll see what happens again. <clears throat> and finally, the call, the phone line, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, out, comment, question, and opine. The call now button on the Facebook page goes to the same number, just through Facebook Messenger, so that's simple and free. And... The final way to get on this show is the audio submission route. Simply use a free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Treat it like a phone call. Save it and send it to live at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com, which I will then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to ThumbsAre.com and, of course, Converto.com. Thank you very much to those websites for providing that service. I am very more than happy to give you a free plug because you give me free service as well, converting those files into MP3s. With that, God bless you, we'll talk to you next week, and go wild.